The following is a KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of KPB Cast. This is Rodimus Prime of KPB, and we're here today with one of our favorite SNK community guys been around coming out from the midwest and i think you you reside now in cali right correct yeah i yeah. Uh, moved to norcal i i want to say now it's been two months so it's right. still fairly recent awesome but, uh, i was just gonna is... say uh um, you <laughs> know it's, it's very different being here uh from new york especially right. and it's, it's the environment is different all sorts of like crazy Stuff is going on out here in California that I was never expecting. It to oh, in my yeah, life, you know, definitely. We're going to touch on that. But but my manners, this is Andrew Lee, a.k.a. Aru. So thank you for joining us today. How are you? How's everything? How have you been? Bro, I'm good, man. Uh, so, again, um, I was telling you this before, but I'm really flattered to have been invited to, uh, you know, speak on your show. Um, I know you guys have been um, putting on a lot of people. Uh, I, I myself, I was also one of the people that uh, – was put on first, I guess, by the KPB uh, crew. So I've got a lot of respect and a lot of uh, loyalty to you guys. So thank you again for having me on. It's really a pleasure to be here. First of all, you guys got to stop congratulating us and doing that. It makes our show seem so biased and it's not. Like, we're, we're <laughs> really not bringing people here to say nice things. It's really about you guys. So, but no, again, I mean, I, I know thank that. You, you didn't coach me to say any of this stuff, but this right. is stuff that I feel from, you know, from the bottom of my heart. So I, I really do appreciate it. And I wanted to, you know, put it out there to you guys. Awesome, so. awesome, awesome. I really appreciate that. So, Andrew, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, favorite food, random stuff. Let's let, let know a little about you, Andrew. Yeah, person. sure, sure. Uh, so, I guess uh, I spent most of my life living in Chicago, right? And that's also kind of where I got my feet wet as far as the uh, FGC goes. But I didn't really get that involved with like the overall FGC scene um, in Chicago. It wasn't until I really moved out to New York that I started um, kind of coming out of my shell a little bit more. Back in Chicago, in Chicago, I met a lot of really cool guys. I met um, the KOF players, really, and that's about it and a few other people. But uh, I wasn't... I didn't like take it upon myself to, you know, take on extra responsibility. I was really just a player, right? But um, I think ever since I moved to New York, this was, I want to say, 2016 or so. I moved to New York and uh, got involved with the FTC there. Uh, it's really been great. I've been. Uh, playing, you know, mostly SNK games, like you mentioned, and I've been trying really hard to kind of build the scene uh, with all the people out here, out in New York, you know, like you guys, like uh, guys like Rome, Marco, you know, names everybody knows now uh, at this point, if you've been paying attention to the SNK scene. But, you know, when we when we first started, we were really just still really unknowns. Uh, so it's been really a pleasure to uh, kind of see how that has grown from like where we started, you know? Um, so that's, I guess, one major thing about me is that I, I put a lot of myself into kind of like the New York SNK scene. Um, and that's something that I'll probably carry with me forever. You know, it's, it's really yeah, important it's, to it's, me. It's, so. it's always good to like, just feel like that point in time where you made that, I guess changing your life is different, right? From what anything you've done before. 
uh, yeah, all of totally us, we all enter like the FTC. Um, that being said, I, we've had a lot of guests on the show that are like basically older, like into their 30s and their 40s, almost into their 50s. For you, the whole you, you kind of miss the whole arcade like life, right? Like that kind of goes by you. So, what gets you, someone in your age and your generation, into fighting games? Um, from your standpoint, like from your experience, like how do you when did you when did you become a fighting game fan and when did you start getting into fighting games? That's a really good question. Um, I guess it all started. I played my first fighting games kind of on console uh, at my friend's place. His older brother was pretty into fighting games. Uh, for you know, for somebody that's not part of the FTC, he was pretty into them. Um, so I played them very very casually with my friends at first, and um, you know, I, I thought they were fun. Uh, as a kid, but I didn't really take them seriously until until KOF 13 came out. Um, and of, of course, I missed also, like you said, I missed the con the arcade release of 13 because I wasn't really I you know I was in suburban Chicago. We I didn't get involved in any of that stuff. I don't think we even had a uh, a cab out there for KOF 13. Yeah, it was like at, at that point, it was like any sort of real surviving arcade communities were out in the west coast um i don't think that's probably to my knowledge there's never been a definitely not a cabin in the east coast anywhere that i know um yeah so yeah whatever you got you got the same thing that we got basically console so but uh, yeah what what, yeah. what was it about 13 that captured you that said you know i want to uh, so be great at this i guess like, oh yeah when i was so that happened i guess when i was in i was like barely graduated uh from undergrad i i was i was back in chicago with my, with my family at the time and i decided i was i was like kind of bored i didn't have anything to do so i just kind of decided to get into this thing into kof and like really try it out um i saw some good resources from guys like dandy j yes. who put out that really good kof beginner's guide i saw that and i watched also the juice box kof 13 tutorial series and those really got me kind of on the path to learn how to play the games and then i decided after you know messing around a bit to check the local scene out and um i got bodied i was <laughs> it was it was really ugly when i got out there but uh you know they it was a really small scene and as all snk scenes are really um it was really small so they were happy to see me and um happy to have me there and i guess the rest is history from there i i got involved with them they're a really cool group of guys and they taught me kind of how to play how to improve as a player um all that type of stuff so i've got a lot of um you know I've, I'm, I'm very thankful to the chicago crew for that okay okay um something that i guess everyone in the life of a competitive fighting game player goes through right you you so you go in you discover this game you discover this community you know which is beyond casually playing at home with your friends so what was like your first experience in the tournament like and then like from there what did you learn where was your like because we all hit this we all hit a plateau where it's like you're you become better than what you know but you can't proceed and then you gotta part of being a fighting game player is breaking that plateau so especially at your level when you place very high in tournaments and one couple what is what is that journey like yeah uh so i mean starting out when i when like as soon since my first like offline visit started off with me getting bodied so hard. I, I knew from, like right from the get go that I was, I wasn't really good. I, I wasn't shit. Right. 
Um, so that was really helpful to my mentality because um, it's, it's good to know that you're, you've got a long way to go when you're first starting out so that you don't like, uh, it doesn't stunt your growth or anything, right? Um, but like, I guess once I started getting better and starting to understand how to play fighting games a bit better, uh, I think when 14, KO 14 first dropped, I, I did pretty well actually in the first couple of weeks. I was in New York at, by that time, but mm -hmm. I did pretty well early on in the game's life. And I, I was kind of feeling myself, right? I was like, yeah, damn, I'm kind of nice, right? Uh, but once people started to practice more and like really break down the game, I wasn't keeping up with them. And, um, you know, it was frustrating, right? It's obviously, it sucks uh, going from, you know, top one, two, three uh, in your locals to, you know, less and less every single week. And it's, it sucks because you don't know where to start or where, where you might be messing up. And it sucks also going back and watching all your losses, which is what you need to do to improve. Uh, I guess my thing to avoid plateauing is really to just play with purpose. Um, you you got to play a lot and you got to play with purpose. You can't just like phone it in. Um, even against players that you think are like um, that don't challenge you as much or whatever, um, you really need to like focus and work on specific things, isolate holes in your gameplay, and really work on them. Um, and I think that's that type of mindset ha has really helped me improve a lot as a player. I'm not saying I'm like the best player at all um, at this point, but right. it, it has helped me a lot. And I think uh, a lot of newer players, especially, uh, should get into that mindset early on. What's the what? What was one of your issues you had coming up? Like, was it execution? Was it the mind games? Was it uh, understanding data, understanding your turn? You know, what what were some of the things that you struggled with early on? Yeah, uh, I guess my thing is I wasn't as studious as I could have been. I would I was always like I would be like the play by feel type of person, mm -hmm. where I just kind of do stuff that felt right, and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't. I don't know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know why it didn't work. Um, I would just have to try it over and over and over again because I didn't know the numbers, uh, because I didn't study the situations. I, I would just have to try it out a lot. And that really slowed, slowed my development and growth as a player, um, especially early on. Now that I'm like a bit more experienced, I know what to look for. I can, um, like I was saying, I can kind of isolate um, certain situations and lab them out and figure out what went wrong um, and apply it into my gameplay. A bit better now, but uh, really, I think that was the major stuff—the first major stumbling block. Uh, once I started to really understand how to play these games, um, when when you started playing KOF, like most people, they get enamored by the the story of the game, right? And like the characters, the the, the personality in the game. Like, was it just the act of playing fighting with your friends, or was there more to it that got you attracted into KOF? KOF. Yeah, um, so I guess my first memories of KOF, uh, my cousin in Korea, I was visiting my cousins in Korea, and they showed me on an emulator that they had at home, um, K one of the older KOFs. It must have been like 95, 96, because I, I distinctly remember this one character, goes by the name Yori Yagami, um, <laughs> and he was he was showing me how, this character, and he was showing me like this ground fireball, this character's like roll, he like just slides on the ground, uh, it was like it was the sickest shit I ever seen as a kid. So I was like, that like that actually stuck with me. It, it ended up sticking with me. Um, and 
when I saw KOF 13 come back up, um, like, I was hey, like, oh, I hey, know that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that guy. So um, I, I decided to give it a shot and see uh, what that game was all about. And I ended up really liking it. So um, that was really my story and why I decided to pick up the game because I thought Yori was really fucking cool. <laughs> um, outside of fighting games, are you a fan of any other franchises or video games? Are you considered... Do you consider yourself a gamer in 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 total, like just outside of fighting games? Because it's, it's funny, because like in my journey, in my experience, I I realize there are people who just like fighting games and don't really play anything else. It's rare, but there are people like that. I can't see that. I'm a gamer through and through, and I I, I play so many different video games that that's probably why I'm not as good as fighting games as I want to be. But um, are there any other franchises, games? Are you a gamer in general? Would someone be right in describing you as a gamer? Yeah, um, I, I think so. I before I really even got into fighting games, I put, I was playing a lot of um, like Dota. Okay. Uh, Dota was my main, I think, game that I played competitively. That game also helped me sort of develop like the competitive mindset that you need to play fighting games at a higher level a little bit. Um, I was still not very good at at Dota, and I still was really young and stupid, but it helped. Uh, and I also played a lot of MMOs. I played like WoW a lot, and these days I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Nice. Um, so those games in particular are games that I've spent a lot of time playing. Um, and I also, you know, I play a lot of. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't play that many single player games, but um, I have played probably like the the major ones, like you know, Zelda series, all that stuff. Right. Growing up as a kid. So you, you so, got you yeah. got your you got your gaming passport stamped a bit. You, oh yeah, you, yeah. No, I mean I, <laughs> I've got it, it'll show up on my ID. It'll definitely <laughs> label me as a gamer. Awesome, awesome. Sure. Um, take away video games for a second. Like who are, who is Andrew as a person? Like what does Andrew like on a Saturday afternoon when no games are involved, or like you're just tired of getting it sent out and like someone showed on, you need a break. Like wh- wh- what do you do? uh that's a good question right i uh i think i really do think games have uh have a very huge impact on my life and it's when i'm not playing something you know competitively i'll probably unwind by playing something else that's (laughs) not so competitive like a single player game or something like that or you know um i'll hang out with uh you know, some friends of mine, I'll, uh, I like, I like watching movies. I like, uh, you know, TV, of course, like everybody else, uh, those types of things. What, what's your favorite pro sport? Um, I don't really have one. <laughs> you can just, you, it's fine. You can just watch like, uh, you, yeah. you have, you have like a favorite series you like to watch right now or, uh, uh yeah. I mean, okay. So these days I've been watching this anime, right. Called Haikyuu. I'm not, okay. I'm not a very big anime guy, but, um, this, uh, it's a volleyball sports anime, and it's really good. I highly recommend it to anybody that is, um, you know, into anything competitive at all. It's it's mm. just it's exciting, and it's got good character development and all that stuff. So I think it's a, a good show. There's something about uh, sports anime that's very hype. I feel I like sports, athletic, all those types of animes. Like uh, I like Hajime no Ippo. Um, that's you know, and I'm not a big proponent of boxing in real life because of like what it does to like fighters and stuff like that. Like uh, when, which is kind of a, a bit of a contradiction because Steve and I were done. We're going to watch some UFC tonight and I love UFC. 
But, you know, I just feel like with boxing, there's, like, less care for, like, the fighter. So I have issues about things like that, like contact sports, like football with the concussions. Yeah, football's you know. big one. Yeah, yeah so, hockey. Uh, you know, but when you look at it on a anime standpoint, it, it's fun to, like, take that in. And the drama that they add to it is, is very interesting. So, yeah, there's no stakes in anime because nobody's actually getting hurt or anything like that. So right. it's nice. Except for their pride. <laughs> oh, yeah, except for their pride, yeah. <laughs> their pride's getting hurt. Um, so um, aside from, I know before we got on, you know, you're, you consider yourself at this point an SNK guy. Uh, any other fighting games that you really like that you, people in the community don't really know you for, but you like on the side, you might play, you know? Yeah, uh, there's, there's plenty. I played, um, before I even really devoted myself to KOF 13. I actually was playing, you know, a little bit of SF4 on the side. Um, and I really like, you know, I, I like the Street Fighter series uh, as much as the next guy. Um, I like Guilty Gear a lot. I also played Guilty Gear um, kind of before I even really started playing 13. I, I played um, one of the accent cores. I think it was... I forget plus which R. one it was. It was the one before Plus R, I think. I think it was just called Accent Core. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I played. I played that pretty casually, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I did. I played a little bit of uh, Guilty Gear Exard uh, when it came out on um, on console. I played that uh, online for a while, and I'm not good, but I like it. And I'll I'll enter like you know if TSB is running a tournament, just and I'll play. Yeah, I'll enter. If it's like a dollar, I'll enter and I'll play. I'll get bodied. There's like footage of me getting destroyed, absolutely mauled by um, Marlon Pie's Zato oh, on oh. your archive. Yeah. Don't feel <laughs> bad. Ugly, Don't fun, feel bad. He, he's done that to yeah. plenty of players. Uh, Shout out yeah, to Marlon sure. Pie, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. Um, so you have Chicago roots. You 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 know you get your feet wet. Some fighting games. You come to New York. What was your expectations getting involved in? What what did it actually turn out to be while you were here in New York getting involved with? Like, not only KOF, but we'll get into it in a bit, Samurai Showdown. So how was that like for you? Um, Expectations-wise, I, you know, I knew New York is reputed to be, like, kind of a rougher place with, like, uh, you know, some people that are a little bit rougher around the edges. In my experience, it hasn't really been like that. When I got involved, everybody's very welcoming to me. Um, and uh, all the old school players, especially, they were, uh, especially, they were particularly kind uh, to me. Um, so it was really cool, um, you know, just kind of seeing how close everybody is and how how cool everybody is. You know, <laughs> everybody's mad cool in the New York uh, fighting game community. So um, I, I felt very lucky to be a part of it. Um, shout outs to guys like, uh, you know, you guys, Henry, um, all like the next level OG guys. Th those guys are all really cool. Um, yeah. And they they taught me a lot about fighting games and how to approach them and all that stuff. Um, so I wasn't really expecting that, really. I was expecting kind of to have to fend for myself. And kind that of earn your spot, kind of. Kind yeah, of that type of thing. Prove yourself, you know. Yeah. And like to, to a degree that does exist. Like if right. you if you are not good and you don't put any effort like into improving yourself and it's like obvious and like you just show up um and you expect to be like welcomed with like open arms or whatever i don't think that people would really be like that in new york mm -hmm. um you do have to prove kind of that that 
you're willing to put in some work. But right. once you do, I think it's a it's a very um, it, it's a it's a good camaraderie. I think that you that you build up with some of these guys. So uh, that's I guess that's my main thing about the New York scene. So you get here and you're meeting people and you're digging the scene. What what becomes some of your best accomplishments while you're here in New York? Like how do you how do you feel about them? Where where do you feel like you could have been even better um, in terms of accomplishments? Because I, I I you and I when I see your tournaments, you you're you're very adamant about your play. Uh, I I watch you emotionally going ups and downs uh, from you know your wins losses. So you you take this very seriously, and that, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So. That being said, how, like in all of that, how do you, how did you view yourself as far as your accomplishments here? What you feel you could have done better while you was a part of the New York scene, um, more more particularly in Kiowa because we get to some showdown later. But how how did you feel about your experience during fourteen here? During the um, I think in fourteen, I I was surprised at how how uh, competent I was at first. Um, I was doing pretty well, and I think that was improved. That was important because it proved to me that um, I can, you know, make it work um, if I put in some work. Uh, but also, like I was mentioning before, kind of like dro the drop off um, that showed me that I need to uh, really put in a little bit more effort um, to kind of keep up with everybody else because everybody else is just as you know, everybody else is just as. Uh, good, intelligent, smart, uh, putting in a lot of work as me. So like, uh, it's really, if you want to stay ahead of the, of, ahead of the curve, you, you have to put in that much more effort. Um, and that's, I think that was very important for me to learn, um, you know, during the lifespan of KOF 14. Uh, so I, I really got to thank guys like, uh, Marco and Rome, Freddie, lazy Freddie from New Jersey. Um, and a lot of the other New Jersey guys too, um, for really showing me that, um, you know, having good, oh, Pachu, of course, how could Pachu, I forget, yes. you know, Pachu <laughs> always pushed me. Um, so it was really, uh, yeah, I think that's very important to learn is uh, that you need to put in a lot of effort if you want to stay ahead of the curve. Who are you talking um, as, as far as, oh, sorry, go ahead. as far as results go, um, I guess my best result pre-Samurai Showdown is at, East Coast Throwdown. I forget which year it was, but uh, KOF 14 had just released, and I got, I think, fifth place there. Okay. Which is, you know, it, it's it ain't much, but it's <laughs> it was the most I had done um, up till that point. So I don't think we were there that year. Uh, I don't believe so. I don't remember yeah. seeing you guys there. And we weren't there that year, I believe. But yeah, that was one of the first events. Yeah. Your mic. Your mic was there, Mike. Uh, Aerodynamic Mike was definitely there. Oh yeah, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, he was there. Like, he was handling some commentary and stuff like that. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, I remember that. Speaking of, you kind of picked up that little uh, uh, analysis bug, so so to speak, during your, your travels. How how's that been for you? Yeah, it's been um, it's been really great actually. Um, so like I mentioned before, um, I commentary wasn't really something that I saw myself doing. Um, when I first joined the scene, but um, I mentioned that you guys put me on the mic uh, the first time, really, um, at one of your, I think it was one of your Chinatown beatdown events. Um, mm -hmm. I was on the mic for KOF 14, and I was really enjoying it. I thought it was really fun. I think it was me and um, I probably, probably Afro Dynamic. Probably Afro. Between him and maybe Rome would jump on sometimes. Sometimes I'll do it. 
Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So that, that experience, I think um, I was like, Hey, this is pretty fun. You know, uh, it's cool to just kind of talk shit on the mic uh, and flex what you know. Um, mm. So I guess that's kind of something I started thinking about as I played um, kind of like trying to, trying to think of how best to explain decisions um, that people are making, try to explain thought processes. Um, that I, th I think that's very interesting um, when it comes to commentary, at least. So I was trying to focus very hard on how to, um, you know, kind of spin the story um, with that stuff in mind. And um, yeah, it's it's been very, uh, it's been good. You know, people people seem to like my commentary. Uh, I've I've been getting pretty good feedback from people, so I, I think it's been. Uh, not a waste of my time unlike no. you know all the, all the competing that i've been doing which which has been nothing but a waste of time <laughs> in my time in streaming i feel like the chaos community is very understanding of its commentary and commentators i think more appreciative than anything you know you you go to a street fighter you know event and say one wrong thing and they're hanging you like for life so it, it's pretty fun now do you think you 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 have a different perspective because you're not only a fairly well-known commentator in the community, but you can be a threat at events. So you have that both sides, right? You're literally on both sides of the point. You can be the player that someone's analyzing you and saying, hey, do this or don't do this. And then on the flip side, be that person who's giving the commentary. Is that like a special perspective that, that you have when you, when you engage in both sides? I think... Uh, it, it, it certainly helps, um, especially when it comes down to analyzing player tendencies. It helps a lot if you play against them and you've had to kind of formulate these game plans or, you know, come to these conclusions on your own um, when you play against them. It's, it's, it helps a lot to um, when you're when you're trying to find things to talk about when those people are playing in a match that you're commentating. Um, so I think that's really that's uh, one thing that I've kind of had uh, working in my favor. Um, but I don't necessarily think that you have to be a high level competitor to be a good commentator as long as you have that understanding um of how these games are supposed to be played out and like kind of the way that uh players are approaching each other the, the different um you know just game general game knowledge stuff i right. think that's all it really takes yeah definitely and of course um uh the ability to, to like to 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 make like a storyline, I guess, out of um, all the stuff that's happening at the events. Right. It's good to know, like, I know when I try to, uh, whenever I do get on the mic, which is rarely this, but uh, I, I take to things like if I know from my knowledge that there's a rivalry, I throw that into the mix because I know that there's a rivalry between these two players. And that always gets the interest of like the people watching, you know, especially if you know, if you really know their history. Um, that being said, like, who do you consider, at least in KOF, like who has been like some of your, who's who's been your demons, who's been your rivals, who's been the player you just can't stand playing the most? All right, so I've got an answer for all of those. Um, okay. Okay, so for rivals, I think um, it can't be anybody, but I guess there's two people. Um, one guy from Chicago, uh, my first one, I guess that I would consider my rival, even though he bodied me every single time, was uh, Mooney Blues. Shout out to Tony. Okay. Um, from Chicago, he would always he was always like a little bit better than me at KOF, and I think that's still true to this day. Um, but it was always um, we'd always end up playing each other in tournaments because Midwest tournaments were never that big 
Mm. And we'd always generally make it pretty far um, in the tournaments so we could see, we could meet up with each other and play and he'd always beat me. So he was, I guess, my first one. And then when I moved to New York, um, the first Chinatown beatdown, there was this guy named Rome himself. He was there <laughs> and he was on the microphone. He was on the mic talking with, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Afrodynamic. Um, he was talking. Afro was like, hey, we got this guy, Aru. Um, he's, you're going to have to play him. He's, he's looking like a threat. And then this guy, Rome, he goes, oh, that guy? No, he's free. I got this. And uh, <laughs> we proceeded to play. I beat him, but it was pretty close from what I recall. Um, but ever since then, I was like, okay, this guy, Rome, I, I better, I, I got to be better than this guy. Because he, <laughs> he he wrote me off like the first time before he even knew me. So I want to be better than Yeah, him. you can't take that yeah. lightly, man. Yeah, but of course, you know, Rome is my uh, a good friend of mine. Um, right. It's 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 very friendly. Even back then, it was friendly. I think still. Um, but he he is of, of course a very strong competitor as well. Um, so he keeps me sharp. So yeah, I guess he, that's rival number two. We we um, we, we, we had a, a cast with him, and he definitely mentioned you as one of his favorite players, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, that feeling is definitely mutual. I love playing against that guy. And, um, and now you're most hated. Let's put this out there. Who can't you okay, stand yeah, playing yeah. I'm going to play against. I'm going to put it out there. It is Marco. This guy, Marco Polo, <laughs> I hate playing against him. He plays in such a, like a, I guess it's a disrespectful way. But, he does. Um, <laughs> he, he does things that like, it's just like, it's on your skin. Right. Um, so, and it's, it's hard to play around too, because he does stuff that's like, he goes to like the same well often, right? But it's mm. it's very effective. Um, so it's hard to play around. Um, and it's, it's, it's it's been enough to beat a lot of the players, I think, up in the New York area, right? Um, myself included. So I, I hate playing against them. I really do. So yeah, um, again, it's part of the growing pains. It's just it's it's there to make you better as a player. Uh, that's the whole point, you know. Yeah, um, I think absolutely. I think for a lot of us, we come in to this community from our couches and our friends, and we go, oh, "I'm the best player in my, in my block and my street, and all my friends suck." And you come in, you get bodied, and you're like, "What?" Like you can do that, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's a humbling experience. Like, and it, it never stops. Even when you get to a higher level, everyone has their demons, you know, and it, I, for you and I hope for everyone else that it just makes you want to push yourself harder as a competitive player just to be the best or at least just to conquer your, your, your rivals, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, and then um, another player I think that uh, pushed me was uh, Pachu. Mm -hmm. Um he he is obviously a very strong player as well um and he plays in a very interesting way i guess he plays like a super mexican style mm -hmm. which is uh it's very different from how i think most of the new york community plays we new york super guys great. i feel like everybody's pretty <laughs> yeah pretty lame pretty textbook yeah uh but Pachu, he's definitely one of those guys that makes the play by feel type of thing work really well and uh that that has also kind of influenced um the way i approach the game the way i see things um, so, you know, special shout out to that guy. I love him. So. Yeah, he, he's definitely beloved in our community. Um, I remember I remember he, he pulled out a Choi one tournament when Choi was considered like anti-air. And he's running rough shot through everybody and, and being so annoying. And, and it's just like, it, 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 it makes you really appreciate the game, you know, when you see stuff like that. Even though you don't want to be on the receiving end of that stuff. It's just like... You know, yeah, it, it's funny definitely fun to watch. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because uh, at ECT, the tournament that I got fifth in, mm -hmm. um, 
I had to play against Pachu and he's the one that ended up eliminating me. And he did that with his Choi. And it was really, <laughs> it was so bad. He exposed me so hard. I had no idea how to, how to deal with this Choi character. So, yeah. It's, it, that has definitely happened to me. And uh, let me tell you, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> feel good at all. It's, it's, it's horrible. Um, so you meet, you meet the New York crew, you get some KOF in, uh, you hope for the best, but the community as a whole, you know, can only do so much, you know, especially in the game because you're competing with other fighting games, even though you're you as a person, you're playing KOF. Uh, and then in the horizon, Samurai Showdown pops up. Well, what, what does that mean for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, before before that Sam Show announcement, the, the reboot one, um, I, I hadn't really played that much of the, the series at all. Um, but once they announced that, I was like, hey, this is another game by SNK, so I might as well, you know, give it an honest shot. Um, so I started playing the one of the older ones. It's um, Sam Show 5 Special. Yes. And I, I played that a lot, a lot. Um, uh, you know, in the months leading up until Sam Show, the new one came out. And uh, I got pretty good at it uh, pretty early on. Um, so when the new one came out, I was a little bit more prepared than probably the majority of people. For the game and again um I, I had pretty good success early on in the game's lifespan just like what happened with kof 14. uh sorry i'm rambling what, what was the question no, no it's fine you're, you're totally good um so yeah you're you getting into the semi showdown and like you so you're making the transition basically and i think what i wanted to point out was is it's always good to play a previous game and give you some idea of what's going to happen when this new game comes out and I think because you did that, you were prepared initially above everyone else. Um, so, and even those, I remember specifically those first few weeks at um, Next Level, yeah. And uh, it was basically be between people people winning or placing high that had Samurai Showdown 5 experience, you know, and which, yeah. ca which carried them a lot. Uh, so there was that one player. Ah, um, oh God, I forget his name. Was it Jonah? Yeah, Jonah. Yeah, with the so, Jonah. okay. So here's the thing, Jonah. Jonah actually had no Sam Show Five experience at uh, all. So he just he picks up he picks up the new game really really quickly. Oh. So um, he he was <laughs> yeah he was he was a terror in the first in the in the early lifespan of the game, and then he had to go to school. He <laughs> yeah. School so bodies everybody. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. It was it was fun playing against him. Um, it was like between him, me, Sonic Soul usually. Yes. So er, during the early weeks, I think it was a lot of fun. What does so you, you you get into now? You get into semi showdown. How do you feel about SNK as a developer, like their style and their games? How do you feel about them as a company as a whole? Um, that's a good question. I I think so. Um, Sam Show 2019. That was the battle designer. I think was uh, Neo G, who was also. He's behind probably a lot of most people's favorite fighting games um, throughout history. He's just the guy's a legend. Um, and I think that is evident in 2019, in Sancho 2019 as well. Um, I think the game is pretty good. Um, just mechanics-wise, it's, it's very solid. Um, I think SNK, they're doing a good job with the balancing as well in my opinion. Um, obviously, people are going to have different opinions on this, but I think that they're pretty in tune with how the competitive, uh, I guess the meta 
is developing in the game, and they they um, I, I think they do well not to not over nerf and not over buff certain things, um, with a, a couple exceptions here and there. You can't obviously get everything right, but they do a really good job, especially compared to some of the other companies that I'm seeing. Um, some of the patch notes, uh, a lot of people seem to have a lot of issues with them. I I can't say the same about SNK. Uh, so that being said, you, what do you think of the game competitively right now? Because in my opinion, I see a lot of like viable options in that game. Like I, I watch oh, yeah. a fair amount of semi showdown, especially as of late. Uh, lots of different characters in top four grand finals. Um, how do you feel about the game as a whole in terms of viability with characters? Yeah, I think uh, there, there's a lot of characters that are uh, almost the entire cast, I would say, is viable in a tournament. Um, there's certain characters, obviously, that are going to have to work a lot harder than others, but there are specialists that are making it work um, within the community. Uh, and I think that the game is in a healthy state, um, even with all, like, you know, it's the most characters that they've had since release uh, currently, and, like, they're all balanced pretty well against each other. I think... I think it's good, you know? I think that they're in a good spot. And there's also going to be Season 3 coming soon, which is going to come with its own um, major balance overhaul. So hopefully they keep it up, you know? They've got good momentum going into it, so I hope that they continue to make sensible changes and keep the game fresh that way. That's good. Um, who is your top five characters? Your personal opinion. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not the... Okay, so... I'm gonna be okay. honest. I'm oh, okay. Not... How about top five you don't want to deal with? Okay. Okay. That that's better. That's better. Yeah. Uh, top five characters I don't like playing against. Uh, I guess the first would have to be Charlotte. Mm-hmm. My character is really difficult, especially for my character Yoshitora, uh, and she's pretty common. So it's it sucks that I don't like playing against her, but it's just the matchup that I have to uh, get a better handle of. Uh, so that's I think number one character that I dislike. Uh, probably number two would have to go to Ukyo. Um, Ukyo is another character I think that uh, Yoshitora struggles with, and I don't like that matchup in particular. Uh, and five, let's see. So those are the main two. I think after those two, um, everything else kind of like drops off, and I don't mind as much. But I guess for number three, it would have to be Wanfu. He's one of the DLC characters, and he's um, people don't think he's very strong. I don't think he's particularly strong either, but uh, I I haven't. I haven't put in that much work in that matchup and I don't understand it as well as some other matchups. So, and I also haven't played it as much as I could have. Right. Uh, so I don't feel very comfortable in the matchup. So that's my number three. Let's see. Number four, I guess would have to be Nakaru. Um, that's probably going to surprise some people, but um, that character is really good. Nakaru. I, I think she's good too. I think she's a annoying yeah. character to fight against. She's certainly slept on, I think. And uh, what, if you have to play against a good one, I, when I went to um, Evo Japan, I played against a Korean Nakaru player, and he was really good, and he was putting putting me through it, you know. <laughs> so uh, it was that's that. I think that's a character I don't, I would not like to play against. Oh, Christy as well. Whenever when he would play, um, <laughs> he had a very strong Nakaru. Um, and I guess the last character that I don't like playing against would have to be. Uh, Halmaru, I guess. Halmaru. He's just a solid character. Yeah, solid all-around character. Yeah, all-around. If you play against a good one, it's it's a struggle. You have to take a lot of risks to get in, get stuff started. So I guess that's my number five. 
That sounds good. Um, what do you have any expectations for season three? Is there a character you would like to see? Um, oh yeah, there's plenty of characters I would like to see. Um, it's probably been discussed to death, but I I haven't publicly shared my shit yet, so I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. um, my number one request, I guess, would be Amakusa. He's that character with the orb, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Amakusa. Yeah. I think it would be cool to have him because we don't really have a character like him. Um, well, I guess I don't know Gong Sun Lee, that the very newest character that they added. Mm -hmm. She's sort of like him because she's got kind of long limbs and all that. She's got a right. fireball and a teleport. But still, I think having Amakusa would be cool. I think the character is just really uh, well designed. So I'd like to see him. I would like to see um, what's his name, Gyra, the the grappler Gyra. with like the huge yeah. bead necklace. I think um, you can if you if you play the game and you, you're well versed in the game's lore. You, you, for me, anyway, you can't have a Gyra appearance without nicotine. Okay, right? yeah, because, that's, because fair. that's like the the, the successor for to, to nicotine. Yeah, I, then that's my opinion. Like, I don't know how much nicotine experience you've ever had, or or have you played Samurai Showdown too? Um, nicotine was one of the first characters that had a move where you flip. Your controls. Yeah. It oh, was like, I see. Yeah, it's one of those. It wasn't like a secret special move, but it wasn't like a known move. And it was just weird. And like you you, and you land this move and the controls are reversed. And it's like, you know, and then the mix-ups are just crazy after that. So Yeah, that's cool. But, I, I like those type of, that type of design. I, it's kind of fallen out of favor in recent years I've noticed, but uh, it's, it's, it's fun when it happens, you know? Right. Cause I think uh, Chizuru has the same thing uh, in 98. Chizuru, she has the seal. Uh, the so seal. you can't use special moves. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, but, right. Can't use special moves at all. It has a seal. Um, Shiki, oh. Shiki had a command grab that did that in um, SVC chaos. Mm -hmm. So right. that might be what you're Um. Okay. So you, you mentioned um, Gyra. Um, you said Gyra, um, Amakusa. Anyone else? You're looking forward to yeah so those are my top two um i think it would be cool to see all the other boss characters from sam show but i doubt that it would happen and they're not particularly interesting design wise mm. um so maybe it wouldn't be such a great fit right um but i think those two characters um are my top two i would like to see kusurigeto i know that the character is very oh. divisive um, people people <laughs> either really like him or they really hate him that character is the heebie-jeebies <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah he does to me too but that's yeah. part of why i like him is because he's so creepy um yeah. but I, I would like to see him in the new game and see how they handle him it'd be nice to see another um, giant in the game yeah, yeah i think that's uh it'd be cool to have another one besides earthquake uh, another huge body character yeah so I, I, the one character that i would like to see right now is a uh, uh, uh seeger uh, i don't know if you've seen that uh character before uh, I just loved his like jumping heavy slash was basically like an overhead like gauntlet smack. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, basically like a like a pip slap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and and that, I would love that, and I always made fun of him because he had really small legs. So he's like, oh yeah, yeah, it looks like he skips leg day every yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> skips leg day. Like his waist is so small and he's just so buff. <laughs> yeah, he'd be cool too. Uh, that's that's true. And I think um, him and I think Genon are the two that are missing from from my Sam show too and i yeah. think that mm -hmm. um they would also round out the cast very well so i would yes. i would totally agree with you there definitely definitely um so i know like covid has like 
disrupted a lot of our community life and you know we resorted to crappy games online over internet connections and stuff uh what would some of your aspirations have been this year if covid wasn't affecting you in terms of the fighting community uh that's a really good question um so i had um i was planning to do evo again um both commentary and competing mm -hmm. i was going to tried to travel as much as I could this year because um, I was I, I think last year was kind of like a breakout year for me as far as uh, uh, what's the word um, success place yeah I guess success but also um, it's not awareness but I don't know um, oh, I'm so stupid I can't play, I think I can't <laughs> think of the word but yeah basically I'm it's, it's the year that I like was kind of discovered by like most people. Yeah. And I was trying to kind of ride on that momentum and um, do as much as I could this year. But obviously things uh, didn't turn out that way. Um, right. So I wanted to do like the competing and commentating circuit for like as many tournaments as I could, uh, including Combo Breaker, Evo, CEO, um, you know, all, everything in the East Coast, basically. Um, so unfortunate, but, you know, that's how it works. I know. Or that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm making the most of it. I saw you were definitely on the road doing your thing in the last year and like just really get yourself out there both as a player and a, a commentator. Um, do, do you wish for like the, the double whammy of being hired to do commentary or to figure out you're in top eight? Is that something you, is that a problem you want to have like one day? Like Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's, it's really <laughs> difficult um, okay. to do to be a high level both competitor and commentator i think um at events in particular you just you only have so much time and energy mm. um and you you really have to focus really hard um on one thing if you want to do well in it and then having to split your focus between competing and commentating um it's it does a lot to i think your your mental um over the, the course of the weekend and i mm. think it's uh it's it's more difficult to do than it seems some there's some players out there player competitor or player commentator uh, combos that do well in both, and they make it look so easy. And I don't understand how they do it because it's it's, it's, it's very really hard. And I think you have to end up you end up sacrificing one or the other. Um, you know, not the name job, but someone like even like Yipes, like you know, very mm -hmm. prominent, you know, Marvel community player. Uh, he gets into like, or well, he started in, in, in Marvel. And then, uh, you know, he, he, he's more of a color commentator. He's both actually, he's very analytical and he can present it in such a colorful style that he work both styles, like, you know, flawlessly. And, uh, he gets into street fighter five. This is not something that I feel anyone outside of his circle would predict that he gets into street fighter five. And now he's on this, this street fighter five level. And I, but I'm sure his, his com competitive side had to take a, a step back because you're in, you're now this personality that can deliver content and break it down to viewers. So it, it's, it's a tough road that you've chosen, but I think you, you can make it work. Uh, and from what I've seen you do, you, you're definitely on your way. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's a very good example. He's like definitely one of the, one of the people I admire the most in the community, as far as, uh, you know, being a competitor and commentator, uh, he, I think it's, it's very clear that he isn't competing. Um, he isn't like putting much effort into competing these days um, because the guy is, of, of course, an Evo champion, and he could he could be a threat if he so chose. But right. he's, I think it's 
he probably made the right decision, I think, doing the commentary thing. Um, it's it's more stable, if nothing else. Right, uh, true. As you know, as cynical as it is to think about it in those types of terms, but it is more stable, and uh, I think it's also a valuable thing um, having somebody that's able to present your game um, in, a, in an entertaining fashion in the way that Yipes is able to do. Um, I think that's uh, worth a lot, like a whole a whole lot. So I think he it, it's good that he's sacrificing the competition thing for the the commentary. Um, I think uh, in my case, I would probably end up doing. Um, something similar. Uh, I don't think I have what it takes to <laughs> compete at the very, very highest level, you know, like a worldwide. Um, that takes like a level of dedication and focus that um, I'm not sure that a lot of people have. Um, and I don't know that I have it personally. I would like to find out, but if I have to choose between, you know, commentary and, and competition, then I'll probably do commentary. Okay. As, uh, you know, crappy as that sounds <laughs> i think you can't, you can't go wrong either way yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put effort into both but you know if right. i have to if i have to choose and focus on one it's it's gonna be that how do you feel about esports leagues like we have like street fighter and then they have you know between the street fighter league and then their pro tour um mk right now tekken how do you feel personally about it do you think it's something that snk games can benefit from or are we uh, not are we not big enough as community yet for that? Yeah, I think uh, SNK SNK esports stuff. I'm not sure how successful it would be. It, they would have to get China on board, right? Because China has like all the eyes, all the right. money, uh, and a, a ton of people that actually play the game over there as well. Right. So, I think. SNK's kind of uh, ventures into that esports realm. So far, they haven't been like like a hundred percent successful. They're not like on. They're not nearly on the level of like Tekken and Nam or uh, Dragon Ball, Street Fighter. But uh, you know, it's it's cool that they're trying to get there. But I think that they uh, they need to one allocate more budget into it, and right. two, they need to I think uh, to have another look at the strategy. Um, I, I think. My opinion, I think they're doing a wonderful job on the local level, where they where they give the local support to like all these places, like anywhere in the world. Like I don't know if you ever follow like their Facebook page or anything, but like they'll sit there and they'll tweet like, "Oh, from Wisconsin, we're supporting this event," or from like you know Alaska, we're supporting this event. I think that's really cool, and it it, it puts all these little tiny communities out there, like. You know that someone may see when they say, oh i didn't know there's someone in uh milwaukee that's doing uh you know kof events or in arizona you know so i that's what i do admire about it but i definitely agree um it, it's also a community participation thing right like we need more players in the scene and um i think part of it i think players are kind of intimidated by the game or by uh the snk's games in general um which would lead to like kind of my next thing. Like, how do you feel about someone telling you that your game is hard to play because of like inputs or like, you know, cause they're not traditional, like double quarter circle forwards. And this, this is what we get as a community. Like, like the first thing they want to cite is like a raging demon, not raging demon, um, um, the raging storm. <laughs> of, uh, raging storm. Yeah. The first input they want to cite, like every game has that and every character, like, come on, dude, it's one character, maybe two yeah. all of SNK that has it you know 
So, like, how do you feel it's, about being told that your game is difficult? Uh, it, it is disheartening, but, um, you know, the Chaos series in particular has this stigma of being um, especially difficult to pick up. Um, I th- There's been some discussion, I think, on Twitter uh, recently about it, but I'm in kind of the camp that says that uh, it's kind of overstated how difficult the games are. I think every fighting game is pretty intimidating to, to jump into um, yes. because there's always going to be a huge learning curve when you're jumping in initially. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it, it feels like people really associate KOF with this type of thing. Um, when it's, yeah. I don't think that it's quite deserved. I, I feel like it's no different from learning a, a, a new Street Fighter or like fighting right. EX Slayer or um, any 2D game, really. And I, I think, I don't know. I just don't, I don't understand it. And I hope, I hope uh, when 15 comes out, I hope we can kind of hijack that narrative and um, make sure that people know that it's really not that bad and you should really just give it an honest shot um and not think about whether it's any harder or any easier than any other game that you've played before because it doesn't really matter you can try it and if you enjoy the game then just stick with it um and that's really i think the most important thing is to enter it with an open mind i guess so like because if you think oh god go go ahead sorry Sorry, I was gonna say because if you if you go into the learning process with this preconception that it's like this very difficult thing to do, um, a, your confirmi- confirmation bias is gonna be like it's gonna be looking for stuff that uh, you know confirms your beliefs uh, right. that the, the game is hard, and it's gonna like you know uh, kind of make you lose heart. So I think it's important to not go into it with that type of mindset. When when you when you say this, right, you have older generation fighting game players, uh, early 2000s into the 90s, that now complain about today's fighting game, right? Because the, the one, the one now, first it was a comeback mechanism, right? Every game has now a comeback mechanism. Like I can be winning the game and you're beaten down to within 10% of your life and then you have access to abilities now that can help you change the tide. So that does not sit well with definitely an older generation of players coming into this current generation into the future now you're seeing games like grand blue where like the the commands are very simplified you know um it's almost to the point like do you really have to learn a quarter circle forward motion anymore because i i know in, in in my personal experience i've tried to teach people to play fighting games and it's really about being able to to execute a quarter circle forward you know maneuver either you can or you can't and that that alone keeps people away from the game. So, what do you think about the current transition into like making games more accessible and easier for like the newer generation of players to come into play? Is that a good thing? Is it killing the community? Do you lean towards more old school ideals about it? How, how does that sit with you? That's a good question. Um, I think I, I don't think that I'll be crucified for saying this, but I don't really it's like your opinion, the direction man. it doesn't matter it's yeah I, I don't really like the direction that um some of these companies are choosing to take um you know removing uh you know complex mechanics um simplifying inputs uh that type of thing um and the reason the reason i don't really like it is because i think that um you need to learn how to do all this like extra stuff that we learned we had to learn how to do um 
you know, as like a gatekeeping type of thing. Uh, I think that those, those things like complex inputs and um, certain mechanics, um, I think they add a lot of depth to a game that um, makes them both more interesting to play and also give it kind of a longer shelf life um, because the game isn't, it doesn't become kind of stale and like figured out as early on. Um, in some cases, they, they're they like infinitely replayable um, because the mechanics are so deep and complex and intricate and really difficult to master. Uh, I, I, I don't want to speak for any current games, but I do feel like, I don't know, there's just something kind of missing and it feels like their shelf life is a bit shorter than they, than they used to be, you know? They don't make them like they used to, as they as Abuma would say. Yeah. The age old um, uh, statement. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's. I've, I've been feeling it with like the KOF thirteen to fourteen jump. Um, it was pretty jarring to me. And then Sam Show two thousand nineteen as well. They, it's kind of a bare bones experience, which, uh, you know, um, I, I get that it's like a reboot of the series, so it's not necessarily like they want to make it super complex at first. I get that. I respect it. I think they did a good job. Um, I'm hoping that KOF 15 doesn't pull any punches. Um, I hope that they make the game feel and play like a KOF game. As nebulous as that sounds, I know people are going to hate me for saying it, but there is something that you expect going into a KOF game. You expect it to play a certain way, and I hope that they retain that. I think they did a pretty good job with 14. The game, you know, even though it is like a, a kind of a simpler, simpler uh, experience. I think they still have they captured the essence of KOF. And I hope right. I don't. I don't it. think you're doing anything that much less than the previous iteration. You know, it, 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 and it could all be in the programming and timing just to make things a little easier. But like, it, it, it doesn't lessen the difficulty on learning to me. Anyway, I feel like learning fourteen was just as bad as learning thirteen. You know. Yeah. Um, sure. Because I mean, uh, all the difficulty in these games really is uh, is playing against the other person, and I get I get that, um, but I also don't think that you should sacrifice mechanical um, complexity um, to for whatever misguided reason that these people right. are saying. Um, I think that mechanical complexity adds uh, small ways for players to interact that um, you know make make the game interesting and more fun and more replayable. Right, it's a level of depth that it brings when you're able to do stuff like that. Uh, I, for me personally, again, my opinion, when you when you get when you go that route of like simplifying, you know, special moves to literally a direction and a button, you know, you you're really stripping in the essence. I feel uh, of what fighting games are, you know. But this is someone again that have had years of, you know, fighting game experience under my belt, so I can say that. Can't we say that to a new, to like a sixteen-year-old that's just playing fighting games for the first time, or a fourteen-year-old, and that's yeah. all, that's what they have to learn, and engage, you know, and stuff. So I, I I tend not to really, uh, trying to bring down the idea of like comeback mechanisms and stuff like that. Um, there is a level of, of excitement to them when used properly. Um, it, it's it's you can go either way for me with that. Yeah. Um... I was going to say, I think, um, shit, I had a point, but I, I forgot it. <laughs> I'll think about it and I'll come back with it. No problem. We'll get back to it. Um, 
What are your what are your hopes for KO fifteen? Um, yeah, you know, like I was saying, kind of like um make it feel like KOF. Uh for for me that would mean um kind of having good like I I'm not saying I want KOF ninety eight again, but I'm also kind of saying that in a way by saying that that's kind of the standard that they should aspire to. Yeah. I think having a game like KOF 98 in this day and age come out in like with like all the modern bells and whistles with like good online play and um, you know a, a more lenient in- input interpreter, mm. um, you know uh, less stiff controls that type of thing. Right. I think um, people would appreciate that, and I think that's a good way to attract new players to the series to kind of. Um, really kind of boil it down to its essence and in my opinion um and i think 98 does a pretty good job of doing that um again i'm not saying that they should make 98 again i i just think um i think it's funny i was like railing against like simplifying games but now i'm saying like they should kind of boil it down <laughs> but uh i think in this case it's appropriate and as long as they don't take away the kind of like the uh mechanical depth of mm-hmm. the series i think that it's fine um because People play KOF not because they want to do like, not because it's like super execution heavy or whatever, or they want right. to do like super long combos. They just want to have like the the KOF neutral game, on, right. which I think particularly yeah, the best part of KOF was the neutral for me. Uh, I yeah. always felt. Um, so you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, the storyline of 14 has like opened up possibilities for like any and everyone to return um, who you like to see. Um, I, I I don't know how much care you played before 13 or, or what you know of its history, but if there's, are there any characters you want to try to see in a new I- iteration of KOF? Um, because I, I had this conversation with Rome and uh, I, I've let it be known personally that if they don't return a USA team to, uh, KOF, I'm quitting SNK and I'm not going to play fighting games anymore. Like that, that that's how yeah. adamant I am about that team in particular coming back. I feel they deserved it. They've been missing for so long. Uh, so, like, if that being said, like, who, who do you think should be like someone you want to see return? Yeah, uh, sports team is a very common um, common ask from people. Um, I, I I would agree. I would like to see them back. I think. But probably not as much as some other people, you know, do. I think right. that they're cool, but they're not my, my top priorities. I think my top priority would be, um, I guess, the team team Elizabeth from KO13. Mm, so okay. I would be like Elizabeth Shanduolan. I'd like to see Ash back. Um, I think, I, those, I are think, all I really... think those are all locks at this point. For coming yeah, back. I, would, I hope so, man. Yeah. I really hope so. I hope that a lot of the newcomers from 14 come back because I think they're really cool. Um, especially Luong is cool. I think Mian, Kukri, those are really cool characters in my opinion. Uh, so I really hope those ones can... Oh, uh, Nelson. I really hope Nelson and Banderas come back too. Okay. Because those are interesting. Um, uh, I, I personally, I'm, I'm always into furthering storylines. I'm big on storylines when these fighting games come in. But th- even though there's not one company that actually stays on top of the, what they write and stuff like that. So everything gets like jumbled and uh, discombobulated. Um, for me, it's always been, if you can't have a character return, have some sort of it's a representative, you know, return, you know, say like, you know, if Robert Garcia doesn't return, I want to see a new, you know, Kyogen Ryu character, 
you know, someone that's a hybrid. You know, I like those like those choices. You know, we don't always have to see a Ryu and Ken in every Street Fighter. That's my opinion. You know, but if there's a representative to like keep their style going, those are always options I'm open to when I like to see new characters. Okay, that's fair. I'm um I'm like less open to having like newer characters taking places of the older ones just because I'm like I don't know I, I guess I'm a boomer in that way. Well, I like I would like to see most of the return or most of the um, like mainstays return, um, and then whatever whatever new stuff we get on top of that, I'm very happy to see. Uh, but as long as they're not sacrificing um, you know characters that I I you know I'm used to seeing in every KOF game characters like. Like a Kim, like a Terry, even though I don't even play them, I don't even like the characters, but I still like it would feel weird not having them. Yeah. So just the, make the sure reason, those characters. The only reason why I say that is because KOF is running on a really huge roster, right? Like if you sit there today and take every character that's been in a KOF game, your 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 system's gonna explode because there's so many characters. And then not including the iterations, you know, there's five different real Sakazakis in terms of gameplay style and movesets, you know. So it, that's why I mentioned what I said. Like, it, it gives a way to bring back those familiar characters, but like kind of combine movesets and make them a new character. That's why that, That's why I mentioned that. But yes, ultimately, I would like to see everyone that we know and love return in some form or fashion. So you're talking about then like a, like a case like Kusanagi, where it's like a new character, but it's like an old moveset that they're representing right uh, with that character that type of thing okay yeah I, or, I or a hybrid moveset a hybrid moveset, or hybrid you know? sure. like yeah. characters like alice or something like mm -hmm. I, I think that's cool stuff like that i, I like to see because because to me yeah yeah of course we love our characters but i like to see some sort of innovation some sort of creativity you know and, i mean and even that isn't always done properly but I, I like to see them try at least you know yeah no I, I now that i think about it i think it's you're right um it, it's cool to see uh kind of progression in that sense um there was something i saw somebody pointed out that um uh young geese in whatever game it was that he was in he's uh, yeah yeah young geese though mm. it's um he, he's more like a striking striking striker based character he doesn't have the counters and stuff right but um after he loses one of the tournaments to rio mm. after he gets like hit by, by like that one punch super right um and loses he switches up his entire martial arts style and then picks up like the counter-based style right um, which i think stuff like that is really cool like you were saying kind of like progression um and like reflecting the storyline in right. the character move move sets that type of thing and yeah, it, you're, they're, you're they're very good at it snk because okay artifying 2 comes out he does that he has a move that he uh, called the buzzsaw which he actually says it verbally in the game uh you go to you now then you, you go into fader fury uh, all the way into King of Fighters, I think it was 96, the move returns, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. Like he, so he has, it's the DP with kick, uh, it's called the bus. It's kind of like his answer to Terry's, uh, power dunk in a sense. Um, they, they work, both moves work the same way, but he actually uses the move as young geese and like the artifact into it. So I like to see things like that, you know? I retired this technique, but I might need to bring it back now because it, it's better for my matchup, I guess, you know, stuff like that, you know, because it, it gets to yeah, the point, yeah, sure. these characters are, are so old now, going on 30 years, and if they're like, they have Tekken movesets now. If you if you play Tekken 7, and you, you look at the newest character introduced, and then you look back at a Kazuya, right? Like, the moves lists are so ridiculously, like, different compared, like, 
he because he probably has like four pages compared to like this new brand new yeah. character has like two, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Now that you mention it, so um, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't want to see a game where like, you know, Kazuya just has so many moves while this new character has nothing, right? But then SNK, what they do is they take some moves because now they have this whole history of move moves and techniques, and make the best combination to make that iteration of that character for that game. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I never really considered it that way, but you're right. Uh, these characters do have a lot of history, and um, there, there have to be ways to kind of, like, advance the storyline, I guess. Advance it, but like, honor the history. Like, like that's And like, honor it, yeah. Yeah, I'm for both, definitely. You know? That's fair, yeah. Um. So, what brings you now? You're in present-day California. What, what takes you there? What, what, uh, really why did you leave uh, us? <laughs> so my, my lease ran out and I lost my job in New York. Hmm. Um, so the two things kind of coincided and my, right. my girlfriend had some space in her apartment for me to stay in. So I was just like, all right, whatever, I'll go there. So I'm, I'm now living with my girlfriend in NorCal. Um, it's, you know, trying to find something potentially here. Hmm. I don't know. We've been looking all over the place, really, even like outside of the country. So just right. the way things are going here, it's, it's hard to have any faith in the United yeah. States. I understand totally. Yeah, I mean, if you guys have to, you know, abandon ship, we totally understand, yeah. man. Your your health yeah. and safety comes. Yeah, you know, of course, I would like to stay. I would like to even go back to New York if possible. But mm. uh, you know, it's just based on what wherever wherever we find work because both of us we're, we're both looking for work currently. Just uh, so yeah, that type of thing is going on right now. Are you, are you able to stay same with with some 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 games? Some like some, some oh yeah games yeah. How, yeah, how uh, for you? <laughs> so Miranda and I, we've mostly been playing Final Fantasy XIV together. Okay. Uh, really, not so much fighting games. I haven't really been able to get involved with the fighting game community out here yet since I moved in the middle of like the whole COVID thing. Right. Um, it's, obviously, that's still going on. Um, still going so, on, yeah. yeah, I don't want to like, uh, you know, take any risks or anything. No, of, of course. Sort, so you, you, your health and safety of first, and you always gotta yeah. put that out of everything. Um, if COVID wasn't an issue. What did you think you'd be getting involved with out there? So I know um, NorCal, there are a couple of KOF heads out here. Um, Sam Show also, they, they have a number of players as well. Um, so I'd probably be getting involved in those scenes and getting to know those people and helping out in whatever way I can. I've been also helping run tournaments a, a bit more often these days. Ever since the shift to online, I've been um, working on online tournaments and helping run those and i i think it's it's fun and it's rewarding in its own way to uh, run tournaments so i would also probably get involved in like just toing in general out here um for any scene not necessarily even snk or whatever um just it you know it, it makes me feel useful <laughs> and uh it's, it's it's an important job that needs to it needs to be done in the community so you know i don't mind doing it and i, I feel like i'm pretty good at it so i would like to continue that as well but Obviously, not until All right. You know, of course, I think safe to do so. Of course. Um, who are your favorite personalities in the community? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, so if I were to limit it to SNK, I I think I really like um, Rome. Rome. Rome is definitely my favorite person to watch commentate i think he's really entertaining um and i think he's kind of slept on uh he, he hasn't uh he hasn't really been able to have a lot of big opportunities yet 
Right. I think um, once he good, does good, good. get some, he'll yeah. he'll you know be really good. Um, of course, uh, I like Afrodynamic as you know, <laughs> pandering as it is to say on the show, but I do love um, his uh, his style. He's very unique, very yes. very unique style, and I, I it's impossible to emulate as much as I would like to try. He, he's what uh, we call so, uh, the Bob Ross of uh, commentary. Yeah, the Bob Ross. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. He's got that voice, that calming voice, and yeah. um, I. Whenever I watch, dude, whenever I watch my own uh, commentary back, and like I hear my own voice, I'm like, holy shit! Like people can stand <laughs> listening to me. Are you fucking serious? Like my voice is so annoying. So that's I'm very jealous of uh, his, you know, um, his gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I guess yeah, those those are my favorites, SNK wise. Uh, Gibby has also been very helpful to me um, in re- uh, as of recently. Um, just like both like looking out for me and helping me get like opportunities in different places. So I'm, you know, very special shout out to him. I'm very uh, big depth of gratitude to him. Um, and also Min, Min as well. He's not so much SNK as he is like a like general right. FTC, but he's one of those guys that um, if it weren't for him, if it weren't for him and Spooky um, putting on, putting me on their channel and um that when sam show 2019 was new i wouldn't be um i wouldn't have any of the opportunities i i've been given so you know it's very got a lot of uh gratitude to them as well so yeah those are some those are my favorites awesome awesome um what's been the best part of your journey in the ftc for you uh up to this point like what has been what have been some of the things that made you happy to be a part of the community? Um, I so personally, it's been um, really kind of um, it's it, it's it was really surreal to be um, commentating at Evo, mm-hmm. and that I think was one of the things that made me think like, holy shit! Like, I guess it was all worth it in the end, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, one thing. But also just the, um, it's corny, but I really do value the relationships that I've made along the way with all the different people that I got to meet. Um, it really broadened my horizons. Um, and there's there's just so many people that I've met within the community that I'm so grateful to um, for kind of, you know, uh, it's all sorts of different things, man. Like they, th- those people, they helped shape who I am today. Um, you know, and you guys, uh, of course are part of that, but also just like everybody, everybody that I, that I run into. So I'm, I'm really, it, it's insane to me how like th- this group of people, we all like have come together playing these, these fighting games, but like it's become kind of something, something more than that. And I think that, um, that's really something special. A secondary family. It's always good to have a second family. You know, you can never have enough family, everything. Um, what what are some of your final thoughts, Matt? I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but like, what what are some of your final thoughts about the community, about just uh, where we're headed? You know, what do you what you like to see in the future? Uh, that's um, that's also good. I it's it's a little where where I would like to see us go in the future. I think um, one thing that's related to the actual competition part is um. I would like to see more team tournaments. I think those that's something that's kind of unexplored. Um, not unexplored, but it's uh, underrepresented, I think, in the community. And I think that it's uh, very, um, 
it's a good format. And I, I think it would be cool to see some more of that when, especially when offline stuff returns um, and put, I think some more um, effort and resources into running those types of events, because I think with proper, um, proper planning and proper coverage, I think those types of events um, can be very exciting. Um, so I'd like to see more of that. Final thoughts about the community. I, um, you know, I kind of, um, I said kind of how like thankful I thankful I am to um, everybody and all that type of stuff. Um, I think it's it's uh, I don't know I don't I don't have much more much more to say on that I guess it's just uh, keep on doing what you guys are doing everybody's uh, you know playing games and having a good time with each other but also you know keeping each other in check and being good people helping each other grow as people. Um, outside of the fighting games as well. And I think that's, that's, um, you know, very important to do. Andrew, AKA Rue, I thank you very much for your time. It's been an awesome time talking with you. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people, uh, dispute your views <laughs> if they feel they want, they need to, or just to say hello, like how can we reach on social media? Yeah. Uh, so mainly I use Twitter these days. Uh, so you can find me at Twitter slash or my at is A-R-O-O-L-E-E, Aru Lee. Um, so you can, you, you know, my DMs are open if you guys um, want to talk or anything. If you want to tell me I'm dumb for saying anything that I said on this show, feel free, really. I'll, I'll read it and I'll probably respond too because I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> no, because you so stand your ground, you man. I, I respect that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, both you and Steven. Thank you guys for taking time out of your Saturday. Uh, to do this with me it was a lot of fun you know getting to talk about this stuff um, i haven't really uh thought about it before and i'm i apologize if it was a little disorganized no this, this is this is the format we just want to just you know hear your brain see what's in it you know that's it yeah you thank know? you thank you very much again thank for that, you the opportunity. for like you know indulging us and stuff and you have a great weekend uh yeah, everyone man, you too. yes <laughs> definitely uh everyone again thank you for watching uh this was Andrew Lee, a.k.a. Aru. I am Rodimus Prime, and I will see you guys next time. Take care. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. <laughs>